Well, friends, uh, just before we hear this wonderful little psalm read for us uh, and then preached, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, uh, we do thank you for your word, your life-giving, wonderful word by which you reveal yourself and um, all that you've done for us in Christ. Uh, We pray that you'd give us ears to hear um, your word read and preached. We pray that your spirit would be at work in us to to receive what we hear, receive your truth into our hearts, to be changed by it. We pray that you would help us to apply it to our own lives and to live in the truth that it teaches us about you and your unchanging love and care for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hi there, friends. I wonder how you're going with everything at the moment, uh, with all the changes in place. Some of us, I suspect, are really enjoying the serenity and the opportunity to read and think. Others on the other end of the spectrum are just uh, you know, getting a little stir-crazy, being at home all the time and finding that quite hard. And maybe you're somewhere in between or going between each one. Um, we've all had something taken away from us though, right? Um, uh, whether it's even just easy access to toilet paper, um, but often something much more serious than that though. Um, we've had health taken away or the threat of health being taken away. Um, underneath that though, we've had like a sense of security and confidence taken away from us. Uh, this sense that I can um, sort of order my life and arrange things how I want. Um, Wherever you're at, friends, today's passage that we're looking at speaks um, wonderfully and beautifully of a reality of absolute security um, that is offered to you today. Um, We're going to be looking today at one of the best-known parts of the Bible, Psalm 23. Uh, It's going to be familiar to many of us. Uh, If you've been to a funeral in a church, chances are you heard it read out there. Um, It's a wonderful song and what we're going to look at today is um, the way in which this song would have been a precious song for the first person, the person who wrote it, um, King David, why it would have been so precious for him. We're going to look how it would have been an incredibly precious song for uh, the greatest king, for Jesus himself, uh, precious for him to sing and how it can become a a precious song for you, uh, for you and me to sing. Uh, if we are trusting in Jesus, the one who fulfills it. 
Um, so helpful to have the psalm uh, able to be seen in front of you. You can look at the uh, Bible tab on the right-hand side of the screen, uh, or you can have your Bibles open. But we're looking at this Psalm 23, and you can see that right at the start of the psalm, before it actually gets going, uh, there's this title that says, A Psalm of David. It tells us who wrote it. David was um, a great king over God's Old Testament people, Israel. But the interesting thing about David was he was also a shepherd. Uh, he was a physical shepherd. He looked after his father's sheep. They weren't blue. Um, but he looked after his father's sheep, but he was also a spiritual shepherd. Um, the king of Israel was supposed to be like a shepherd with his sheep. It was a shepherd over Israel. And so David was that kind of spiritual shepherd over the people of God. But what David um, puts before us in this song is that the, him as the shepherd himself needed a shepherd, or had a shepherd. Uh, the shepherd had a shepherd and he was himself a sheep, one of God's sheep. Uh, and this is how he opens this wonderful psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The logic of that opening line, which is so profound, is that I lack nothing, or one of the old versions, uh, I shall not want, I shall not be in want, because the Lord is my shepherd. Now, David lacked a lot of things. Uh, if you know anything about his story, he had times when everyone had deserted him. He had times of extreme hardship. But he knows that if he has God, if he has God as his shepherd, therefore, he needs nothing else. He lacks nothing. He goes on to um, picture this field, this green pastures uh, that God as his shepherd leads him into. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. All these wonderful images of uh, peace and renewal and refreshment. But not only that, there's this kind of proactive um, work of the shepherd for him. He guides me along right paths, David says, for his name's sake. Um, he guides David. He refreshes him. This wonderful image of and that, tries, that encapsulates David relation, David's relationship with God. David had a special relationship with God because he was God's uh, chosen king. Uh, God had given David incredible promises that through his family he would send one who would um, fulfill all of God's promises. Uh, and that we know that that one is uh, King Jesus himself, um, the, the one who would come from David's line. But he, David pictures this beautiful relationship as a shepherd with his sheep in this peaceful field. Uh, but David's a, a realist. Uh, you can't read through the Psalms without realizing uh, that this is not a, an image that's supposed to mean that uh, anyone who is um, a sheep of this shepherd never experiences trouble. Uh, quite the opposite. He, he um, is completely honest and open about the dark valley. <laughs> Uh, that's what he goes on. So there's the field, but there's also a valley. Um, this um, uh, picture that um, shows the reality of the fallen world that David is living in. But David says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or in another translation, the valley of the shadow of death, uh, death casts its shadow, uh, and David walks through that valley of the shadow of death and he says, even though I do, I will fear no evil. He will fear no evil. It's not that 
evil won't come to him. It's not that he won't experience hardship, but he will not fear it. Why? For you are with me. Uh, God is with David. And so that means he lacks nothing and he fears nothing. Uh, the end of verse 4 there, uh, he picks up this image of a rod and a staff. The shepherd's rod was the thing that would beat off the enemies. The staff was the thing that would, he would use to you know, get the sheep in line. So he uses this image of both protection, but also guidance and even discipline of the sheep. And David says he knows that God is doing that for him. He's guiding him, he's disciplining and gui uh, protecting him. Uh, and that is a comfort to David, to know that this God, the, the covenant God of Israel, uh, is his shepherd and is protecting him, is disciplining and guiding him, even through the valley. Uh, so David, uh, the field pictures the beauty of the relationship, the, the valley pictures the reality uh, of life in a fallen world. But through the valley, uh, there is a feast. That's what verse 5 looks at. The, the image changes. We're no longer looking at shepherd and sheep. Uh, David pictures himself as one who is invited into the feast of this great, um, of the Lord, of God. Um, he's invited in not just to sit on the edges, but as the honored guest. You prepare a table before me. And this feast is a victory feast. It's in the presence of my enemies. He's an honored guest at this feast, this victory feast. His enemies are looking on. Uh, and it's a feast of absolute abundance. You anoint my head with oil, uh, a symbol of being honored. Uh, my cup overflows. There, this is an, a feast of overflowing abundance. There's no need to stockpile here. Okay? There's, uh, there's no need to buy up and uh, store because it might run out. This is a, a never-ending feast of goodness um, and overflowing abundance that David pictures himself being invited into. Uh, but it doesn't end there. This, uh, this is not just a temporary thing that David enters into. Uh, he knows that there's something actually much more rich happening here. It's not, it's not like David is invited and then asked to leave. He says, no, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. There's a permanence to this. Uh, the feast actually is part of him entering this new home, being welcomed right into the home of God, to the family of God. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where it says, your goodness and love will follow me, that's a really strong um, image that's used. It's actually more, more along the lines of they will pursue me. It's not as if they're following trying to catch up, uh, but they will pursue me. Uh, God, God has uh, David in his sights to uh, pursue him with goodness and love all, of his, all the days of his life. Uh, it is a wonderful image, isn't it? This field, this um, green pastures, um, the, the picture of God's relationship with his king, David. The, the, um, re the reality of the valley. Um, there is no um, sugar-coating the mess and pain of a fallen world, but David knows that this shepherd is with him through the valley and guiding him and protecting him and disciplining him, getting him through, is with him through it.
and he knows that uh, actually what awaits him is a feast a feast a, an eternal feast with God in his, in his presence forever well if you were with us for our Psalms series at the end of last year and the beginning of this year uh, you'll know that the Psalms and especially the character of David in the Psalms uh, they point us to Jesus the great king over God's people the pointers to Jesus, this relationship that David pictures between himself and God, um, it, was, it was never perfectly realized by David. Um, he was not the perfect realization of that. That came in great David's greater son, the eternal king over God's people, in Jesus himself. Uh, this relationship that is sort of grasped at here is perfectly fulfilled in Christ. Jesus experienced that full connection with his Father um, when he was abandoned uh, on, on, on the road to the cross. Uh, he says this to his disciples. He predicts that in John 16, he predicts that uh, they will fall away from him. But he says, I am not alone, for my Father is with me. When everyone else left him, he knew that God was with him. He, Jesus knew his Father as this shepherd who traveled the deepest valley with him at the cross. When Jesus went through that valley, he said, into your hands I commit my spirit to his Father. He is the one who rose victorious uh, over his great enemies, over sin and Satan and death, and who now sits uh, at God's right hand in glory, at the feast with the enemies looking on, defeated, defeated enemies. He is... Uh, he is the one who is risen and who now lives with God, his Father, in perfect unity forever. Friends, the wonderful gospel is not only that this is true of Jesus, this, this psalm is true of him. Uh, he is the one who perfectly fulfills it. But the wonderful gospel is that what is true of Jesus is also true of those who trust him. Uh, the way into this psalm is not just to use it as a kind of nice platitude or an inspirational poster on the wall. The way into this psalm is only through Jesus, through repentance and faith in him, turning from your sin, uh, entrusting your life to him, following him as your king, entering his kingdom, and sharing in his relationship with his father so that you can enter into this. You can know this is true. Uh, it's not just uh, a kind of wishful thinking, inspirational uh, ideal that may or not, may not be true. It's something that you can enter into as a living reality because of your living Lord uh, who died for you and who is your good shepherd. Jesus knew this relationship with his father as like this uh, a sheep with the shepherd, but he is also the one who is the good shepherd of his people, the sheep. Um, who, the one who gave his life for his sheep. So friends, the question I guess to, to leave us with today is, who is your shepherd? <laughs> who is your shepherd? Um, in the face of everything that's going on, uh, who will guide you through the valley, whatever valley you face? ultimately the valley of death itself the valley of the shadow of death who will there's only one person who can not just take you into the valley but who can bring you out of it 
There's only one person who has himself gone in to that greatest of valleys and broken through the other side and is raised to glorious life and um, in promises that everyone who is one of his people will share in that. There's only one good shepherd who can uh, take you and guide you through that valley into the feast that is beyond it. Who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? Who are you trusting in to get you through that? Um, if it's Jesus, then friends, you can know for sure that this is true of you. That You can say this psalm for yourself, even if you don't feel it all the time. It's true objectively because it's true in Jesus. Um, he is your shepherd. He is with you through your valley. He is with you through the darkest of valleys. And he will see you through to the feast to live with him forever. Uh, if that's not true of you, that's offered to you today. In a world of such insecurity and instability, here is a solid hope that's offered to you. Uh, please take it. Uh, I pray that you will. And please let us know if you do, if you want to take that step with Jesus, enter into his kingdom, become one of his sheep. Uh, that will be the path to true eternal security, to enter into his glorious feast. Uh, to finish up, I want to read through this psalm and read it as a prayer. And perhaps you could read it out loud with me or just in your own mind as I read it. Um, I invite you to do that and to read it in Christ if you are trusting in him, knowing that it is absolutely true for you. Uh, perhaps you'd like to read this for the first time as one who would like to would would like to receive this this relationship with God. Um, that would be a wonderful thing to do. Please join me in uh, praying this and saying this song together before we then sing of the King of Love, who is our Shepherd. Um, so this Psalm 23 of David: The Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. The King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine streams of living water.
water flow my ransomed soul he leadeth and where the verdant pastures grow with food celestial feedeth perverse and foolish oft i strayed but yet in love he sought me and on his shoulder gently laid and home rejoicing brought me in death's dark veil i feel no ill with thee dear lord beside me thy rod and staff my comfort still thy cross before to guide me thou spreadst a table in my sight thy unction grace bestoweth and oh what transport of delight from thy pure chalice floweth and so through all the length of days thy goodness faileth never good shepherd may i sing thy praise within thy house for ever 